If you would, go ahead and have a seat. We're, we're going to do something special today. Um, we, in first service, Chris mentioned we had a time of uh, parent and child dedication and a really, really cool experience. And we're going to do that again at this time. Uh, Justin and Amanda, where are you guys? You guys come up. This is Justin and Amanda and their little boy, Jeremiah. Jeremiah, can you say hi? Here's the deal, all right? Uh, Why do do we do uh, a child dedication, parent dedication time? We want to really do three things together today. One is we just, together as a church, we want to celebrate the gift of life that God gives. We recognize that Jeremiah uh, is a gift from God, that God has placed in you guys' hands in an incredible way, and um, all life is from God. It's no accident. God's in charge of it all. And, and so in taking the time today to do this, we just collectively want, we want to celebrate the life of Jeremiah. Second thing we want to do is as a church, we want to take just a moment and kind of look at each other and look each other in the eyes and say, we want to be a place, we want to be a church where little guys can grow up to know and love and follow Jesus. That we want to be a place that can come alongside Amanda and Justin, um, not in place of them, not take uh, priority over them at all, but to come alongside them and have people working with him in Timbertown, in uh, Kids World, in, in student ministry, and um, experience that together. And, and I'd just say to, to you all as a church, you know what, there are, there are literally um, scores of kids, hundreds of kids that need people loving on them and teach them about who Jesus is. Uh, in a really uh, incredible way on Sunday morning. So that's the second thing. The third thing that we want to do is just give you guys a chance uh, to, to together collectively say, yes, we want our son to know and love and follow Jesus. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the church can't take the place of what goes on at home. And you guys, in coming forward today, model... Um, you will model for Jeremiah what it means to follow Jesus. So that's a, that's a big responsibility for you guys to be serious in terms of, of following Jesus because he'll see that in you. Um, Courtney, if you would, uh, Courtney's going to read from Deuteronomy 6, a, a passage of scripture that just describes really what needs to happen. There's this idea in scripture that that the teaching that comes about following Jesus is something that happens day by day, hour by hour, all the time. We we have a gift for you. It's a vase and it's got lots of marbles in it, uh, little things. Um, we want you guys to have this and and what we want you to do is to take one of the marbles out each Sunday. There's enough marbles in there that will go until Jeremiah turns 18 years old. And, and so there's this sense collectively, maybe in his bedroom or in your living room or someplace, that the, that the time that we have is a finite amount of time to really invest in him and to teach him what it means to know and love and follow Jesus. You know what? You get to look at this, but probably not play with it, okay? Um, 
so we, we hope that you'll use that and, and that that will be a regular reminder each Sunday, each, each new week, you know what, that, um, that we've got a calling and we've got an opportunity to make a difference in his life. Let's, let's pray together. Um, Father God, we thank you right now for Jeremiah. We thank you for uh, the gift of life that you have given to Justin and Amanda. And um, God, I, I ask that you would watch over him, that you'd protect him, that you would help him to grow to know and love and follow you. Um, God, be with, be with uh, Justin and Amanda and, um, and uh, help them uh, demonstrate what it means to sell out completely um, to you, to follow Jesus. Um, watch over them, give them wisdom. Um, God, bring people into their lives that can walk beside them. Uh, help us as a church to be able to supplement what's going on at home so that uh, in eternity, Jeremiah can be there right at your feet. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All righty. That, um, that you sit on the throne of heaven. Lord, we just worship you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Go ahead and be seated. Take a look up on screen. Thank you. 
Happy Thanksgiving. How's everybody doing today? Aren't you thankful that you live in mid-Michigan and not in Buffalo, New York? Thanksgiving is a crazy, crazy time. It seems like, to me, I don't know if it's just with our transition, our move here to, to DeWitt or not, but it seems like Thanksgiving season just gets lost in the midst of Christmas now. You know, it's, it's like Thanksgiving is kind of the pre-show for Christmas, and it just, we lose track of it. Um, it, it this, this season, this year, it doesn't seem like I've heard anything, any kind of references to the pilgrims and the Indians coming together in 1621, and the whole idea that, that they came together to celebrate the way that God had provided for them at a, at a really dark and critical and troublesome time. doesn't seem like I've heard anything about President Lincoln um, in, in uh, 1863 declaring the day of Thanksgiving for our country for the first time just months, literally just months after the Battle of Gettysburg and the, and the horrible loss of life that happened but he said, you know what, we need to thank God for the way that he has provided for us and protected for us. And instead, it, it seems like Thanksgiving just becomes one blur on the front end of Christmas. That it's, you know, it's an opportunity to watch the lions and cowboys on, uh, on Thursday afternoon. It's a chance to eat without a conscience and to sleep like we're college students after final exams. You know, that we, we lose track of what it, it, what it really is all about. Even uh, Christmas sales start now before Thanksgiving. What happens Friday night? The Silver Bells thing, which I understand is a, is a big deal in Lansing. Um, we didn't get a chance to go down, but um, even that happened prior to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving just seems to get lost. 
The, the theme of this morning's message, the heart of it all, is really just two words. Be thankful. If you walk away today and you remember that, in the context of everything else, it will have been a good morning. Be thankful. I don't know about you, but I, I like Scrabble. I love this slide. Um, I, I picked it out because I'm, I'm a words with friends guy, you know, go through that process and play the game. And, and if you play those word games, if you play Bananagrams or any of that, you look at those letters and all of a sudden as you're looking, you're beginning to form other words with those letters to unscramble them, right? What do you see up there? If, if you were actually to spend the rest of the message, and don't do this, um, but if you were to spend the rest of the message unscrambling those words, you'd find somewhere over 300 different words out of that, that bunch of letters. If you look up there real close, you'll see the word bake, B-A-K-E. And some of you are seeing, be thankful, but you're thinking bake. It's all about the next four days, all the pies, all the stuff that has to be done. Some of you are putting those letters together and finding blanket. There we go. B-L-A-N-K-E-T. That's pretty nice. That's I'm looking forward to Thursday, Friday and a chance to just kind of catch up on things. Some of you look up there and see the words, the letters, blah. It's kind of how you feel about Thanksgiving, how you feel about Christmas. It's just kind of like, well, yeah, it's there. It's, it happens again. It's not really doing much for me. Some of you guys, and uh, I don't, maybe some of the women, if you're, if you're really scrambling those letters, you find the word huntable. And you're thinking, ah, still got to get my deer. Huntable, it's a huntable time. For some of you, you see the letters spell the word haunt, H-A-U-N-T. And the memories of a family member who has passed away or a broken relationship, your fear is that that will overshadow everything that happens with Thanksgiving. For some of you, you see F-U-N. Fun. You're jazzed about Thanksgiving, about the opportunity that they'll be to be together with people that you know and love and the fun, the laughter that will take place in that. This morning, I want to challenge you just real um, briefly to be thankful. I want to help you try and do that in some practical terms. One of my favorite passages of Scripture is Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. It actually is the passage um, that I preached my first sermon from I don't, a whole bunch of years ago. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, if you've got, uh, if you've got a smartphone, if you've got your uh, uh, iPad, any of, the, any of your devices, turn to Philippians chapter 4. It's going to be up on screen as well. I'm actually going to read from the NIV this morning because that's what I preached it from a lot of years ago. Uh, and, and those are the words that are there for me. Paul writes to the church in Philippi and says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all because the Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I love that passage of Scripture because for me it captures a number of things that help me uh, stay on track. They help me keep centered. Um, I think part of what Paul says to us in those four verses is, is a, a truth that then he unpacks and then he, he comes up and says, if that's true, um, here's the, what the result of it is. That truth is this. We're responsible for our actions and attitudes. We're not a victim of our circumstances. We're, we're not caught in the wave of everything going on around us. Paul says to us, we're responsible for our actions and attitudes. Because his instruction is this. It's, it's a, a number of things. He says, first of all, rejoice. That's a choice that we have to rejoice. He says, let your gentleness be evident to everyone around. That's a choice that we have. He gives instruction and we can follow through on that. He says, don't be anxious about anything. We have a choice to be anxious or to not be anxious. And he says, present your request to God with thanksgiving. That's a choice that we have. We have the ability to, to um, choose to implement those things into our life. We're responsible for actions and attitudes. And the end result of that will be a peace that, that transcends all comprehension, that surpasses all of our understanding. You know, this morning in those things, there, there's so much that I'd like to say. I would love to talk about joy. This morning, the, the, the concept, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I would love to talk about joy. The joy is a fruit of the Spirit, that it's the natural result of God's presence in us, that, uh, that joy isn't dependent on our circumstances, that we can have joy no matter what is going on around us, that joy isn't a temporary emotion, but it's the result of understanding who God is on a daily basis, that that um, that. Joy is the result of a rock-solid assurance that God is at work in us and in our lives, that he's in control of all of our circumstances. I'd love to talk about the need for gentleness in our life. You know, it's, it's something that distinguishes us from the rest of the world around us. In, in our culture, gentleness is not something that we identify as, a, as this trait that we want to have in our lives all the time. And yet Paul says, let your gentleness be known to all. Gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. I'd love to talk about that. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That that's a part of what happens naturally when God is working in us. That gentleness is a characteristic of strength and not of weakness. I'd love to talk about that. I'd love to develop more the, the whole idea that, um, uh, that anxiety is, as much as it's a part of our life, that it doesn't need to rule our life. We live in a world where it's easy to be anxious. Anxiety stems from, I think, from seeing the world from our point of view rather than God's. I'd, I'd love to talk about that. that. That whole concept that when we look from our perspective at everything around us and we miss God's Anxiety is the natural result of that. I'd love to talk about the idea that anxiety comes because we want to control our world. We want to control our circumstances. We want to control what goes on in our families. 
Uh, we want to control our environment at work. We want to control so much, and when we can't, this thing builds up inside us that just has us more and more agitated. What I really want to talk about this morning, though, is verses 6 through 8. This whole idea of presenting our requests to God with thanksgiving. Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It makes sense for us to present our requests to God. If God made us, if God created the universe, it makes sense for us to talk to him and to give him our requests. You know, um, we, we say to God, God, I need, I need a new job. I've just got to get out of this job that I'm in. I need a new job. We talk to God and say, God, I need you to help me stand up for myself. I get pushed around too easy. Uh, we say, God, I need you to help me calm down. I just get too agitated. I need help in my parenting, God. Please help me. Um, I, I need help with my parents, um, God. Help me. I need financial help. Um, most of us, when we talk about our quiet time, when we talk about our prayer time with God, think about, the, think about what it looks like. We have this notebook that we write down all of our requests to God. It's easy to come to God with requests, but how do we present them with thanksgiving? There are all these things that are going on in our mind, but, but sometimes it doesn't make sense how we can bring those to God with thanksgiving. How can a person be thankful in the middle of cancer or cancer treatment? How can a person be thankful when they're out of work and the weeks turn into months, even into years? How can a person be thankful when they, when they recognize that their body is aging and aging rapidly? It can't do the stuff that it used to do. The physical ailments are there. How, how, how can we be thankful in the midst of taking care of aging parents, watching them as they approach death? How can we be thankful in the middle of a, one of our kids who's sick, whose body is breaking down, and we don't know what the outcome of that's going to be? How do we be thankful in the middle of sexual abuse, in the middle of financial ruin, in the middle of the sense of isolation that we experience, even though there are all kinds of people around? How do we be thankful in the midst of an emotional breakdown? How do we be thankful when somebody that we know and love and is close to us dies and it doesn't make any sense? How do we be thankful when someone defames our reputation, says things about us that are not true? How do we be thankful in that? How do we be thankful when somebody that we know and love, maybe a family member, is sent to prison? It, uh, we get the whole Romans 8 thing, but sometimes it feels like a cruel joke. You know, Romans 8, it, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. We know that that's true, but somehow for us as we try and put those pieces together and say, how is it that we can be thankful in the midst of this broken world? 
this. If our focus is on us and our situation, it's really hard to be thankful. But when our focus, but when our starting place is with God, when we begin with Him and recognize that it's not our story that matters, it's His story that matters and that we're a part of His story, all of a sudden we begin to see with different eyes. And Gratitude can happen. Thanksgiving can happen regardless of what our circumstances are. Um, we have a really cool opportunity this morning um, for us to be able to spend some time with two of our missionaries that are here in the area. Jag and Abby Dunn, come on up. Um, welcome them, if you would. You know, you know what? Let's scoot up. We'll get you up close. Sorry about that, Mark, <laughs> back there. Um, if Abby looks familiar, it's because she is a sister to um, Courtney, Kim and Courtney Chantier. I just lost her name a second ago. Uh, also missionaries of, of North Point that are in Papua New Guinea. Um, they're sisters that, that grew up not too far from here. Courtney actually, as a teenager, came here uh, to uh, North Point. Courtney, Abby, sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, Came, came here to church, and so uh, a, a really cool thing. If you guys would, um, they're here, and we'll tell more, more of their story in a second. If you guys would, just kind of tell the story of how you ended up being missionaries to Papua New Guinea. So you go to Bible college, you have this sense of there, there are people that have never heard that don't have the Bible in their own language, and you start this process of figuring out how you're going to get there. Uh, Abby, just talk, why Papua New Guinea? What, what took you there? So when you heard about Papua New Guinea and, and the place that you went to a tribal group, that, that 
helps us kind of paint this picture in our mind that we're not talking a city. We're talking a pretty remote jungle kind of place. Were you scared? Were you nervous about it? Say that again. God meets you in the midst of your not enoughness. Good. Yeah. So, so what was it like there, Jack? What, what was, what was the tribe like? What was the environment like? So you're doing language acquisition with these people that are trying to figure out how to communicate with them with the ultimate goal that you can help with the translation of scripture so that they can hear the story of Jesus in, in uh, their own language. And um, was it easy? Physically, what was it like? Was it scary? Was it, um, go ahead. And, and what was it like in terms of with the surrounding tribe?
And, and just for perspective for us, you know, we, we hear about um, murders and, and crime and stuff in Lansing and around, and th that's close. How, how large is the community? So if one of the if one of the tribes assumed that somebody in your community had caused somebody else's death, that was something that you were dealing with very personally. And um, and so if I can just kind of cut to the chase, lots of stuff happened. It was way scary, and you guys got to the place that you said, you know what, we've we've got to come out because we can't handle it. Uh, the, you know, there's so much going on, we need to be in a different place. What was that like? So, so you sold everything, moved a few things to Papua New Guinea, and you come back, and all your stuff's there. So you got nothing. You had this dream of where you were going to invest the rest of your lives in doing God's work, and that's not materialized in the way that you thought it would. How, how do you be thankful in the midst of that? Did I get anything? Thank you. 
I, I loved uh, this past Tuesday they came in and were, were with uh, staff talking through stuff, just talking, telling their story, that kind of thing. And, it w- and the reason that I wanted them to be able to share this morning is, is because there was this clear sense of God's goodness even in the midst of horribly difficult, stormy times. And their story is not that different than any of our stories. Uh, the location's different. The stuff that we deal with is different. But when we, f- when we see God, um, God, do- God does incredible things and changes our perspective on things. Um, they're in this season that they're trying to figure out what the next step is for them. And um, I want us to pray for them. Uh, we prayed for them a few weeks ago when things were a lot crazier. Um, and God has been real faithful through that process. We're hoping that they're going to end up back at the Bible Institute um, and ha- having a chance to work there uh, for at least a season to, to help in that process. And that would be cool because they'd be close to family, close to us. And um, so you can pray that direction. Let's, let's pray right now. God, I, I thank you so much for Jag and Abby, um, for their story, not their story, God, but for your story in them. Um, God, w- it's, it's, uh, it is really hard to say we're thankful for all the stuff that they've gone through, but we are so thankful for your faithfulness and your kindness and um, mercy through, that, through everything that's happened. Thank you that they could be here and, um, and share with us today. And God, we ask that you would just um, be very clear in your leading for them for what this next step is. And um, God, we pray for the tribe that they were with. Um, Lord, we, we, we ask that you would um, through whatever means possible, that you would bring your word to them and that the, that the body of believers there would grow and that it would make a dramatic difference in, in the world um, out there that's, that's locked in the jungle and that um, your presence would, um, your light would permeate the darkness there. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you just love on them some? So, Philippians says, present your requests to God with thanksgiving. Why is it that we do that? Why is it that we present those requests with thanksgiving? It's, I think, um, pretty simple. It's because God can answer. God can make sense of what's going on in our lives when it doesn't make sense to us at all. God has the ability to take circumstances that look bleak and horrible and overwhelming and to answer our prayers and to bring about change. He has the ability to make sense of the craziness of life and he can give us peace. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. How do... How does it do that? How, how is it that that peace comes in? I think, I think that verse 8 fleshes that out for us, where Paul says, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let your mind dwell on those things. 
Understand that we control our thoughts. We control our perspective to a large degree by what we put into our mind. What we feed our mind impacts the way that we see the world around us. When we feed it with good, with true, honorable, pure, lovely, all those things, we begin to see the world around us in those things. And when we feed it with the ugliness of sin, when we feed it with all of the bad stuff going around us, we tend to see that all around us. Um, The challenge for us is to figure out how to pour in good things into our mind. Um, the, uh, this past Tuesday night, I finished with the meeting, went back, and Deb was in, uh, in our bedroom watching TV, and uh, I sat down to watch with her, and you know what she was watching? She was watching the Hallmark Channel. So I watched the movie, the Hallmark movie. You, kn- you know the Hallmark Channel, especially at this time of year. In any Hallmark movie, the following things happen. The girl and the guy get together, the family reunites, cancer is cured, the perfect present is found for Christmas, Santa arrives just in time, the blizzard stops in time for the family to be together, the car accident isn't fatal, and the Lions make the playoffs. That's a happy, you know, it happens in every Hallmark movie. For me, the challenge of what I pour into my mind is a, it's a real deal. It impacts how I interact with, with television, with media, with, uh, with computer, with all kinds of stuff. What's going to go in? Because if I can focus on whatever's true, honorable, pure, lovely, of good repute, anything excellent, worthy of praise, I'm going to see from God's perspective. And if I don't do that, everything is going to look very different. I don't know about for you, but for me, that impacts what I do on Saturday night. If I watch a movie on Saturday nights, I'm a mess in trying to speak on Sunday morning. I'm a mess in, tr- in, in terms of trying to focus on worship. It's, I, I've got to rid my mind of that and think about who God is in order to be in shape for Sunday morning. Whatever is true, honorable, pure, lovely, Anything excellent or worthy of praise. Let your mind dwell on these things. I, I, um, I read a caption from a friend of mine out in Missouri who said that he has a friend that has a piece of cardboard on every remote control in his, house, in his house. And on that piece of cardboard are written these words. I will not be entertained by the sins that Jesus died for. I will not be entertained by the sins that Jesus died for. What is it that we're going to think about? What is it that we're going to put into our mind? When I was a kid growing up in church, on this Sunday, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, there was one song I could guarantee that we were going to sing. It went like this. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. The 
the fourth verse says this, so amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged. God is over all. Count your blessings. Angels will attend. Strength and comfort give you to the journey's end. Count your blessings. When we see with God's eyes, when we see God at work, when we see with that perspective of looking for the, the, the true, honorable, pure, lovely, of good repute, when we see that, it changes the way that we live. And thanksgiving is a natural response for us. It flows out of us when we see the good of God working in the world around us. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 1. Because sometimes I think that we, I, I, sometimes I think that we think that Thanksgiving's just kind of an option. We have this, we have this um, holiday that we celebrate at the end of November. We know we, we teach our kids to say please and thank you, that kind of stuff. And yet, when when I was looking in Romans one, it was a little scary. This this is a passage that talks about the wrath of God being poured out on the world around us. Listen, listen to this, Romans chapter 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God's shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. When I was studying, thinking through, okay, what's Scripture say about thanksgiving? There's this connection between a lack of thanksgiving and the drifting of our mind from understanding who God is. It's serious. We've got to be thankful. When we stop being thankful, we lose sight of who God is. As a result, we lose track of Him altogether. Um, Friday night, I took Micah, my my, uh, youngest son, to a movie and to Goodwill, and to, um, and to Burger King for dinner. Deb is in Ohio visiting a couple of other kids. Uh, she's come back today. And, um, and loved the movie. Had a great time with Micah going to Goodwill and finding cheap stuff that, you know, doesn't matter. Going to Burger King and, and, um, and eating together. Um, out, of, out of that whole four, five, six hours, whatever that was, the thing that will stay with me is not the movie, Hunger Games. Um, that, that is, that, to be real honest, that is not, when I look back on Friday, that's not what's there. It, it was a conversation we had in the car on the way home. Eating Burger King, gone to Goodwill. Micah said, Dad, I'm driving along, not looking at him, you know, ninth grade boy. He, Dad, thanks so much for taking me to the movies. Thanks for going to Goodwill. And thanks for taking me to Burger King. Simple conversation. But all of a sudden, my, my guy gets it. 
to get the relationship that we have in response to that. That's what God wants from us. This whole idea of thanksgiving, it's, um, you know, it's not just about the stuff. If the core of our Thanksgiving celebration this week is that we're thankful for our health and our homes and our jobs, for our families and our food and, um, and our freedom, we've missed the point of Thanksgiving. Because the question is, if you live like Jag and Abby, and you don't have all that stuff, you don't have your family close by, you don't have the nice home and all the um, conveniences, if you don't have money in the bank, if you don't have all the good stuff that we experience here, will we still be thankful? That's the question. And the only answer to that is that we can be thankful because there is a God who loves us. There's a God who from the beginning of time, he recognized how messed up the world was going to be. And he sent his son to turn it all upside down and make it right. There is a God who loves you desperately. So no matter what the mess is that you're in, no matter what it looks like when your family gets together and all the dysfunction that's there, no matter if you're alone, God loves you. And we can be thankful for who he is in our relationship with him. That's what it's about. That's what Thanksgiving is at its core. Be thankful. Let's pray. God, we get distracted so easy. We get off track. We miss our relationship with you. We miss that you love us so much. God, our, our desire is that today, this week, this Thursday, each day of our lives, that we would think about who you are, that we would see the good and the honorable, the pure and the lovely, the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. God, that we would give our requests to you with thanksgiving and that we would live with hearts 